Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I'm Dr. Law. Got Kid Presentable here with me. Hey, yo. Got DJ Mark here with me. Hey. And I got the returning Lavender Gooms here with me. Hello, world. Full house. That's right. Full house here, kids. All the tanners. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paperboy. Even TV. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> there we go. I was gonna say I don't know. I'm like I'm like I'm like if anybody has more than that, I'm gonna run out real quick. Um, you got me to the next part, Bob. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, guys, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, actual UFC card that's happening this weekend. Uh, UFC 224 got me excited for a card, man. How did that happen? I don't know. Maybe there wasn't a card for a few weeks. That's how it works. Got me excited for a title fight. We're gonna talk about this card headlined by Amanda Nunes and um, Raquel Pennington. I was convinced uh, Colby Covington and Rafael Dos Anjos were on this card before Mark corrected me and said, are you crazy? What's going on? on. Not yet. We're not there yet. Um, We got a clicking noise in the background, boys. Just putting that out there. Um, All right. uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Nate Diaz maybe getting a fight. We'll see. It's a little bit premature, but whatever. We got to get those SEO numbers up, boys. Little uh, little Bellator action this weekend coming to you from the H the SAP Center here in San Jose. You'd think we were going, but Mark drew a line in the sand and said we can't go. We can't support not this. this time. And I was just like, well, okay, Mark, I can't go by myself. You know, it's not okay. I mean, of course you could, could but yeah, we I don't want to go by myself. Himself, Quite frankly, Mark said he wanted to go. I I'd went, be like, do we want to go to this really? <laughs> I can nap during a Czech Congo fight at home, man. I went to two MMA fights by myself, and you know what? It was a delight. Bobby just wants the right to reject Mark. He doesn't like the feeling of Mark rejecting him. Yeah, Bobby wants to be the one who says no. Exactly. Stefan and Stefan knows me well. Um, talk a little bit about Bellator. We're going to talk about uh, Ryzen. Actually, we had some. Uh, we had enough of a knockout. We had enough of a big deal of a knockout that it showed up on Deadspin this morning, which sure nice. Ian McCall really appreciated that. Um. All right, let's uh, let's get into this shit. Um. First off, some news and notes. Um, Chad Mendez is back, folks. We talked about it. I think we talked about it last week, maybe a week before that, how Chad is out there and hadn't, you know, hasn't fought a lot of these young guys in the 145-pound class. Um, Chad is facing um, Miles Jury at UFC Boise, which is happening. um, Jesus Christ, Boise, really? Um, Which is coming uh, July 14th. Headlined by uh, Junior Dos Santos and Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, you got Kat Zingano, Marion Renault on there. Liz Carmouche is fighting on there against Jennifer Maya. Uh, Paul Felder, James Vick. Super Sage Northcutt's on there too. So it's a lot of fights where you're just like, well, any of these could be the main event because none of these are really a main event. But yeah, not bad, it's a free, no? t- free TV card. Not bad. Enough stuff to keep you excited maybe. And quite frankly, okay. Chad Mendez was, uh, was really on a tear before uh, Connor shut the lights off and then Frankie... Get him that one hitter quitter. You know, that sounds like a pretty good card for Boise, Idaho to get. 
But a lot of those names on that card, they got to be a little pissed that the UFC is sending them to Boise, Idaho. You mean the guy from Brazil and the guy from wherever Ivanov is from? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure with five guesses, they wouldn't be able to pick out the region that Boise, Idaho is in. And I bet Chad Mendes had like a hunting trip planned anyway. So like, he's like, all right, I'm going to go after some moose on Friday. I'm going to knock out Miles Jury on Saturday. And on Sunday, we're going after elk. So yeah, the, he's probably the crowd's going to be lit, though. Whenever love, they go to the Mideast. I love my Boise, Idaho fans, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, anytime they go to these little know-nothing states, people are amped. They're like, shit, I'm in an arena. There's a, an event going on. I'm excited. This is a new thing I don't get to experience. So, yeah, they'll, cool. they'll definitely they'll sell seats. They'll sell tickets. People will be happy the UFC is just in town. At this point in the United States, it's kind of hard to pull one of those off. People just being excited that they're there. Uh, but it's not bad overall, and it's good to see Chad Mendes get back in there um, after more than two years. Yeah, Miles Probably will be a good test to been, see where he's at right more now. than two years? Well, because I remember he lost to Frankie in like this... When, when, I think I want to say December 2015, if I'm not mistaken. We could probably look this up. But it, he popped like months after that. It wasn't like off that fight. Yeah, December 2015. So by the time he fights, we're looking at two and a half years off for uh, Money Mendez, who's still only 33. So he can still make some things happen in this weight class. Um, also this past week, uh, out of Ryzen... Uh, they probably put on, I'd say, Steph, probably on paper, the best matchup you think they could put to, put on um, with Kyoji Horiguchi and Ian McCall. And, uh, man, Ian McCall, huh? This is a tough, tough road for that guy. He just couldn't get any. His fight's kind of the story of his career in the UFC, right? Everyone kept getting injured. He was always fine. I think he got injured one time in there. It's like, I lost track of how many fights he got pulled off. But yeah, uh, when Horiguchi went over to Ryzen, that's probably one of the bigger prospects that the UFC just didn't keep. Um, of course, they have, you have like Roy McDonald and Benson Henderson up there. But in terms of guys whose probably best years were still in front of them, Horiguchi was just as big. But uh, he went for the big fish little pond, get him some money. Can't really fault the man for that. And he gets to be, you know, home in his uh, home base. Yeah, I remember uh, famously when he was he was going to get a title shot, he didn't want one against DJ because he knew he wasn't ready. And then he fought DJ when he wasn't ready. And DJ is maybe the best fighter in the world. And DJ was just trying stuff. And then, at, then with one second left, he put him away. If I'm, I like the Japanese culture of, uh, you know, it's a very polite culture, and, and they're honest. They know when they're not ready for a fight. Who's that other one at Featherweight who didn't want Aldo? He was a boring grappler, though. I'm blanking on his name. You remember he was he was there yeah, for Yeah, this minute. sounds familiar. I'm trying to think who it was who was just like... He came out to uh, Moonlight Shadow from the Dance Dance Revolution games. Who was this guy? I know you're talking about. Yeah. Like, he was a thing for a minute. He was one of those undefeated Japanese guys who showed up, and we knew it was just a matter of time because he had a boring style. It really The fact that Mark isn't immediately coming up with a name surprised me because this is, like, the type of guy Mark loves. Where he is just clinching and grappling for dear life. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Next I fight, what his name is. In the next fight after he uh, he said that, didn't he lose? Pretty much solidifying his, his statement. Yeah, he like lost and he proved he lost to like Cub Swanson or someone like that and just kind of proved, yeah, you're right. You're not really going to give Jose Aldo anything. But man, that's how, how far, far this guy's fallen. I don't even remember his name anymore. I'm trying to find I'm, really I'm basing it. In, I'm basing this entirely. You saying Cub Swanson trying to find this guy now. 
Are we are we sure this is a Japanese dude? I'm not even yeah. sure about that, to be honest. I, I, this sounds so familiar, Steph, but I do not remember this I dude. am 100% that it? it is Japanese. It? He came Eric out Coke. to a DDR song. You don't forget that type of thing. Now I know who Coke is, because that dude looked like Coke. a skinhead. We gotta okay. move on. We're never gonna yeah, figure I'm, out I'm, I'm, I'm literally <laughs> just Googling, turn down Jose Aldo. Khabib confirmed. I'm gonna try to find who this guy is. You guys continue on. I'll be back in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's just talk about. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. We didn't say specifically what happened. Horaguchi. I want to say left hook. Yeah, left on, overhand or left right on the fucking right on the dot with Ian McCall, which Mark, both you and I were like, ah, that he maybe could have gone a little bit longer, but. Ian McCall's reaction to it was just maybe the sport has passed me by, which That's it's nice that he realized it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, his first Ryzen fight was the one where he shot in and the ropes cut his face and he couldn't fight because of that. And then when you have a nine second knockout, you get, you know, I mean, and it wasn't one of those ones where it was just like. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily say his chin's gone. Like, if you look at the replay, like, dude. Dude, it, it was a Ryan Bader Leoto punch, right? Like, dude ran into that fist. And I mean, when you eat a punch like that, there's no shame in uh, getting knocked out. So I, I'd like to see him continue in Ryzen. But, you know, if if he doesn't have the motivation, then yeah, it's time to hang it up. I got him. Hatsu Hiyoki. Yeah. both got I do that research for nothing. You take my thunder? <laughs> Did you find it too? Yeah. It, my, Mike put, put a little message saying I, I got a name too. <laughs> Hey, man, I mean, I'm the one who initially brought this point. Of course, this was going to vex me until I knew Good the answer. Good work from both of our reporters right there. <laughs> Way to go, team. We know how to Google, like, the best of them. Um, all right, let's talk about Nate Diaz. Let's just get this out of the way because I said we're going to talk about it. Um, Nate Diaz wants to fight. So I don't know if this UFC weight him out strategy worked or not, but the UFC, he wants to fight, and he wants to fight August 4th in Los Angeles. Cool. Um. It sounds like the Ariel who's talking. Ariel was talking about how it looks like only they're looking at top five guys for him. Those are the those are the people he's looked. They're looking at. So I'm going to look at the top five rankings real quick, and I'm going to ask each of you who do you think it's going to be, and who do you want it to be. Um, we got our options are discounting the champion himself. Um, we got Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier. And Kevin Lee, um, Steph, let's go to you first. Um, I think it'll be Eddie Alvarez. Um, when I heard Ariel mention this, he brought up the great point: the Diaz brothers do not fight people who want to make a name off of them. They fight people they can make a name off of. So while Kevin Lee is barking the loudest right now, that matchup offers nothing exciting for Nate Diaz. So I think it's going to be Eddie. He was a former champion. He's got the history where he has a win over Gilbert. So you could play that angle up of wanting to run it back. Who I want it to be is Dustin Poirier, because Dustin Poirier is among the names who is not going to wrestle him. Um, my understanding is Tony Ferguson, there's no way he'd be healthy to take this fight by that time. Connor McGregor, that's not, I think that's off the table right now. I think it'll be Eddie because it's the bigger fight. I'd like to see Dustin because it's the one I feel most confident Nate could win. Um, I would take. See, I want. I think it should be Eddie. Also, Steph. To be honest, I think it will be Eddie too. 
And you make a good point about him not wanting people to make their names off of him, but I don't think there's really an option for anybody here to really be a bigger deal than him at this point. There aren't a lot of those guys, period, in the UFC. Uh, he did bring up... Did, well, didn't he famously say that Eddie got melted by Connor? Didn't we enjoy that line for, like, a good, like, month? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Eddie. I think it should be Eddie. I don't have a bad... I don't think any of these are bad, necessarily. I guess Kevin Lee just grinding, grinding him uh, would be unfortunate. But it'd probably be fun beforehand, the amount of shit they talk. But the fight itself might be a little amp, especially off of a long layoff. You know, Nate's takedown defense isn't terrible, but... You don't fight for two, like two years or whatever the hell it's been. It's not going to be great. But uh, yeah, Eddie, I got Eddie also. And I think it's going to be Eddie and it should be Eddie. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Uh, yeah, my, my gut reaction was, I, I guess if Nate wasn't really in control of the bargaining, which I think he is in, in this instance, I think Kevin Lee would make a lot of sense. That's the type of fighters they tend to use to throw at Nate a lot. And I think stylistically, it'd be a tough matchup for him. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I mostly agree with you guys that Eddie makes a lot of sense. It's it's a fight that has a lot of name value within the names that we can play with, right? Because I think really when you, when you think about realistically, it's really uh, Eddie, Dustin, and Kevin Lee because Ferguson's too hurt, right? He's not going to fight uh, Habib, and Connor's kind of out of the picture. So of those three, Eddie has the biggest name, and I think it would, you know, get the most buys, right? I think those two guys fighting each other sells better than him and Poirier and him and Kevin Lee. So I think that makes the most sense. And, but really I think stylistically he hasn't fought any of these guys. And I, I think the Kevin Lee fight is the one I'd be most worried about just because he doesn't do great with wrestlers. Cause I mean, you're right, Bob, he has pretty good takedown defense, but the Diaz are also known to just be like, ah, fuck it. I'll just fight on the ground and I'll throw my legs up and, Kevin Lee's pretty good at submission defense from what I vaguely remember for him and uh, Tony that he might yeah. be able to survive. I'd also think that, like, I'd, if it's a three-round fight especially, I'd almost want, like, not that I think Nate's going to have you a – like, with, with fights like that, when, when you're going to put like, somebody in a fight with a wrestler, I really w almost want it to always be a five-round fight just because I'm like, maybe – it just gives him more time to maybe, like, maybe he finds a way to get out of this at some point. But he, I'd he, even – I don't know how good his wind is going to be after this much time off, though, too. So I don't know. Do you think Nate is guaranteed to fight pay-per-view? He wouldn't main event a Fox card or something? I no, think he no wants way. to get paid so much money at this point. I mean, I he's going to be what sells that pay-per-view. As much as I think. Too, I think, look, look, Cody and TJ is going to be a really good fight, and we all love it. Oh, and is that, that that's yeah. already scheduled? That's okay. going to be a really, that's going to be a really good time, and it's there's no way it's going to be boring, but I, nobody knows really who the fuck those guys are. Compared to Nate, so Nate's going to be carrying a lot of promotional weight on this thing. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I, I think given the options, yeah. we're all kidding. More or less, this, it's only really three options. I mean, if they told me Nate could fight anybody, you know me, I'm still waving the GSP should fight Diaz brothers flag. So no, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, if, if we want to sell some tickets, Mike, you go ahead. If we were going just outside of the, I, I agree with you guys on, on what you. What you said, that's what I would go. But if we were just going slightly outside of the top five, it'd be kind of cool to see him fight Justin Gaethje. Yeah, that 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 name crossed my my uh my mind too. But just with the two losses, I don't think Nate is interested in fighting someone that he's going to be the third loss in a row when when Nate beats him. I think he wants someone that's going to you know kind of get him up there in the picture. I think Eddie does it, and I think Eddie's an a very manageable win for him, right? Like Eddie loves to sit in the pocket. Nate's boxing looks good at distance and on the ground, you know, he could really do some stuff off the bottom. So I, I think it's interesting. I think all the yeah, fights they, are 
they just got to – Eddie doesn't want to take any fight with only one fight left on his deal, and you better – you're damn sure Eddie Albert is going to get paid if they ask him to fight Nate Diaz especially. Like, he knows – Eddie's not an idiot. Eddie knows a big fight. He has to get paid. Yeah. Well, that new contract is even more expensive. Fortune, right? We don't know anything yet. It's all rumors. Yeah, now. honestly, at this point, I don't care who the Diaz brothers fight. I'm happy with any of them fighting anybody fighting anybody. Like yeah, you told me tomorrow, it's, if you told me tomorrow it's Nick Diaz and John Fitch, I'd be like, well, that's a real weird matchup, but I'd be happy to see Nick back. Like that—that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. All right. Um, fuck it. Let's talk about Bellator and then get into this UFC card because Bellator is putting on a show up against the UFC this week. Bellator 199. From the SAP Center. Unfortunately, we aren't going to be there. But quite frankly, in terms of names, Bellator could do worse with this card. Um, our guy Adam Piccolotti's on there too. So wishing him all the best on there. But we are really just talking about um, the main event. We're going to make our official picks here, each of us. And I just want to point out again, because we did it last week, how weird of a matchup John Fitch versus Paul Daly is. Because the options are Paul Daly knocks out John Fitch in front of all of John Fitch's family and friends. Or John Fitch puts on a stinker of a fight, makes every uh, makes everybody but his family and friends boo him. So, those are your two options for that fight. Uh, Ryan Bader, King Mo are gonna are in this heavyweight Grand Prix, which makes a ton of sense. Uh, King Mo, somebody tell me it was the last time King Mo won a fucking fight. Yeah, he beat uh, Rampage in his last fight. That was a over a year ago. I was gonna say I don't remember that happening. Like when they fought again. Um, this is the this is the second or third time they fought. I think it's just the second. Uh, was this one at cruiserweight? I'm not sure. I mean, you look at Rampage look. Belly. Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> no, no, it was, was just it was, it was it was it was a straight up heavyweight. Even better. Um, King Mo is uh, split his last couple fights two and two. Mike, were you at that fight when Krokop knocked him out? Uh, you sí, yo estaba en esa pelea. You were there. Mm-hmm. Sí. Um. It's the yeah. SAP Center, so you know, a little Spanish joke for okay. you guys. Uh, yeah, Mike was at that Ryzen World Grand Prix event where uh, King Mo didn't get it done. We could have had King Mo versus Baruto. Didn't work out for us. Um, Ryan Baruto Bader has only lost. <laughs> Stop hating on Baruto. Um, Ryan Bader has not has lost one fight in f- like four and a half, five years. He ran into Rumble Johnson, and you know, bad things happen to you when you fight Rumble Johnson when your name's not Daniel Cormier. Um. Ryan Bader's a big ass favorite here. Uh, for this, is, who's the winner of this fight taking on? Is it Mitrione? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, in terms of like aesthetically, just like visually, King Mo versus Mitrione would be more entertaining. Just making like, because King Mo, I'm convinced, weighs about 210 pounds, maybe. Ryan Bader's a big dude. He's like 230 probably. King Mo standing next to Matt Mitrione would be entertaining to see, but I think Ryan Bader's winning this entire tournament. So. I'm going Ryan Bader. Stefan? Um, I got Bader. The only interesting caveat I can offer to this, uh, I kind of feel like it'll probably be a Bader clean sweep. He's minus 345 favorite. He's a pretty damn big favorite. I predict Bader winning by a very ugly split decision. I think this match just looks nasty. I think the boxing will be off point. I think the wrestling will cancel. And I kind of expect it to look kind of uh, Phil Davis versus Ryan Bader-ish. Um... That's just, I, I can't see this being an exciting fight. Maybe he proves me wrong, but I feel like if it's exciting, it means Bader got knocked out because he closed his eyes. But otherwise, I see it kind of just being a real tactical, a lot of a lot of distance managing, let's say. Yeah, uh, yeah, not to just, 
you know, just to give you an idea why we, me and Mark or Stefan aren't going to a card where it would be free for us to attend and have very good seats. Stefan's pointing out how bad this fight could be. Ryan, John Fitch and Paul Daly could be real bad, and Czech Congo makes you want to kill yourself when he fights. So that's all on one card. Um, Marcus, uh, what do you think, though? You think Ryan Bader? You going to join me and Steph here? Mostly it's a fucking hot take with Czech Congo makes you want to kill yourself. That's my first dude, reaction. Czech Congo <laughs> is like the worst. I Dude, Czech Congo, I feel, is just like he's got no interest in doing anything but holding just a guy against the cage. Threw that fucker under the bus. Kneeing him in the dick. On him, Whatever, so. man. It's fine. Dude, I paid money to see Czech Congo fight in person before. He, he, he could take it. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I think I kind of agree with Stefan that this probably is going to, I think, will be a stand-up fight. Um, what, I, what I'm interested in is that King Mo has a different look for stand-up, right? He, he has a different style in boxing that's very different from Phil Davis, who had more of a well-rounded skill set where he uses a lot of push kicks. Um, he uses straight punches. King Mo's a little bit different of an opponent, but... I do think just the fundamentals that Ryan's been showing, he's just going to stick jabs in King Mo's face. And I think King Mo is going to try to use head movement to get out of those punches, but I think he's going to eat some. And I kind of agree with Stephon. Like, I think at the end of this fight, we're going to have a lot of close rounds where it's going to be like Ryan controlled most of the fight, but maybe King got like, a good counter here and there and did some damage. But for the most part, I think Ryan's going to be a little bit bigger. I think he's going to be able to negate the wrestling. It's going to be a stand-up fight. And when we see Bader do that, he's just been able to win these fights with just basic fundamentals. And I think he'll be able to do that with King Mo, but yeah, we'll see. Mike, uh, why don't you go ahead and make your pick? Well, I believe we're going to make this a clean sweep. I mean, King Mo hasn't looked that impressive in a few couple of years. And frankly, with King Mo, there's always the, the fear that he's going to do something really stupid in the ring. I can never get Emmanuel Newton out of my head. And... I can either see him being a very boring, unanimous decision for Ryan Bader, or Ryan Bader knocks him out in spectacular fashion because he wants to be cute and have his hands down near his hips again. Yeah. I mean, other things, King Mo inconsistently fighting, like fighting once a year. And I think the stamina is a big thing for me too. Like King Mo just has a tendency to get tired in his fights. And Bader doesn't really, he, I, don't, I don't remember a lot of fights where I, Bader looked like he was really winded, but I've seen a lot of fights where it's like King Mo needs to get this fucking takedown or he's not going to have any energy left. So I think when you combine all those things together, um, it's just Bader's just a smart pick. Do you guys think that uh, Ryan Bader seems far less shop worn than King Mo? Or is that just me? How can you say Ryan Bader shop worn I mean, at all? He kind of went to Bellator on a high note. He's not. No, I mean, in terms of like, like, I mean, like, like I mean, when I've seen Ryan Bader knocked unconscious like five times, though, you know what I mean? I'm just, you know, saying. I think the difference is we've seen Bader improve and the improvements haven't been vast. Like, Oh, this guy's a good striker. Now he's a fucking murderer, but it's like this guy used to run into punches and get knocked out. And now he's beating people in stand up fights. So I think he's progressed. He's learning as a fighter. Whereas King Mo, he adopted this style, which I think is, is, is a boxing style that you need to take years in the gym to really you know, cement and solidify. And he's just, he doesn't have the skill set to really utilize that kind of style. And it gets him in a lot of trouble. And I think, like I said before, stamina is always a big issue with King Mo. He tends to throw heavy and explode and he doesn't reserve himself. And these are all things that Bader has really locked in on. Like he knows how to stand up. He knows how to wrestle. He knows how to manage his stamina. He knows how to get wins. And it's just something that King Mo has been kind of lopsided with, right? He'll get a quick knockout here, but then he looks he looks kind of bad fighting an overweight rampage. You know, he's just inconsistent. We're, we're seeing with Bader is a very 
consistent, well-oiled machine that's kind of hitting his prime right now. And I wouldn't be surprised not only if Bader ends up winning this tournament, but if we don't end, I'd be kind of surprised if we don't see him back in the UFC at one point because that division, the the light heavyweight division is a little weak and Bader still had stuff to get done there, I think. So we'll see how the career and, goes. And you know, also, even though Bader's been knocked out in some spectacular fashion by some dudes, uh, you know, outside of Tito Ortiz, he's been knocked out by some pretty significant guys. I mean, Anthony Johnson, Glover Teixeira, and even those knockouts, they were three, four years in between each other. So, you know, shit happens, and he's looked great in the last you know, two to three years. Just want to point this out. King Mo getting knocked out by Emmanuel Newton. Is still a very happy memory for me because Mike texted me <laughs> maybe 14 times unanswered about everything that was going on. Like, oh shit! Oh, like that, like there was four of them that he just said, oh shit. And then, like, you called me and you, I think you, this is the call I, I picked up. I'm like, hey, hello. And you just go, son, son. And you're just laughing for like five minutes about King Mo getting knocked unconscious. And I was like, oh, jeez. That was a rough I mean, one for King Mo. That was one of the most hilarious knockouts I've ever seen. I've never seen someone get stiff, like stiff toed while still standing. That was well, that didn't go uh, well. Terry Adam. Terry Adam. Terry Adam was the other one. Alright, two people. Yeah, that was just a bad day for King Mo. Hilarious day for me. Alright, let's talk about UFC two twenty four. Um we're doing this thing in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and I can't pronounce this arena's name. Um a large arena. Arena that holds 18,000 people if it's a concert. So, there's that. Um, we got a headliner, Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington. And if they're going to put any of these girls on Ellen, Mark, they got to do it, like, real quick. Run out like, of they time. Their not flights are probably left. tomorrow. So, <laughs> I guess that's not happening. Sure. Um, Amanda Nunes, Raquel Pennington. Amanda Nunes is your reigning and defending women's 135-pound champion. Taking that title off of uh, Misha Tate. Next fight, Misha Tate retires. All right. That's right. Amanda Nunes putting girls away. Um, I think Amanda's she knocks out Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey pretty much retires. Um, beats Valentina Shevchenko. Well, she's leaving the weight class, maybe. Um, Amanda's won six straight fights. Um, only person to go to decision with her is Valentina, which, quite frankly, is no shame in that. She's fighting at, uh, she's actually from Bahia, Brazil, but hell, she's fighting in her home country. Uh, Raquel Pennington, a favorite of our podcast here. Um, coming off of, I think she broke her leg or some shit or something, right, guys? Like, something was wrong with her. She hasn't fought since November 2016. Um, she's coming into this fight. Mike, you have the odds or stuff on? Do you have the odds? Oh, sorry. I was I, muted. I have. Okay. You got it, Mike? I got it, too, if you do. It's it's not. not nice. It's not pretty. Mana Nunez is a minus 1,000 favorite. Jeez. <laughs> Whoa. Plus 650 if you want to roll the dice with Raquel Pennington. I want to put Yo, this I, out there. I, if, I, if I were in Vegas, I'd be putting some money on Raquel. Just yeah. Not even a question. I would for sure because nobody looks good against Raquel Pennington. Like, Holly Holm beat, beat her by split. I'm still not convinced Holly Holm won that shit. Jessica Andrade beat her by split. I'm not convinced Jessica Andrade won that shit. 
You don't look good fighting Raquel Pennington. She doesn't look all that good either, quite frankly, a lot of times. She must, she get, makes it a dirty fight, all right? It's a grinder. She's You can't put her away, you know? That shit doesn't happen. Kat Zingano did it, like, six years ago. She's a very, very good fighter, and I... I like I I think the layoff sucks, and I really think she tore her knee. I don't I don't think this is just a broken thing. Um, and a five round fight in Brazil, in a arena that's going to be like 103 degrees in there against Amanda Nunes is a tough thing to come back from. But Mike, I would 100% have laid like you know 30 40 bucks on Amanda on uh, Raquel Pennington, and not even a question. I think this line is insanity. Um, but I'm going to take Nunes. Just because of how good she's looked. And it's that last fight against Shevchenko where she fought kind of smarter than she usually does. Because a lot of us picked Shevchenko because we assumed the Nunes would have no energy by the end of round two. And she managed her gas tank really well. And she doesn't want to go out in her hometown, in her home country and get embarrassed here. She's the champion. Um, I, is she the only Brazilian champion right now? Is that is that it? I'm not sure. I think I mean, there's so. a lot of fake belts. I think she is. That's a. It's not a normal circumstance in this sport. It's her. So she's waving that flag. It's her right now. Um. So I'm. I think Amanda's gonna win, but I think this line is nuts. Personally, um, Stefan, what do you think? I'm taking Nunez, but I agree that this line is nuts. Usually, when you see this type of line, it's kind of unfathomable for me to see how the challenger wins. Like I can't see their avenue to victory. You know, I think they're just overmatched across the board. I very much see Pennington's avenue to victory. That's the, that's the kind of thing that gives you pause, right? It's the type of fight where if Pennington wins, she probably gives up two or three rounds, but she comes on strong late. Cause what Pennington brings is she's tough and she's strong. And the, the, the latter one is what gives you concern. Cause Nunez is probably arguably the strongest fighter in the division as well. But that's where Pennington usually shines is she can get you in the clinch. She can take you down. And her submission game is uh, is, is pretty underrated. But again, that's those are hard things. So you're kind of hoping Amanda Nunez is gases. But as you mentioned, she in her most recent fights, she looked a little bit more controlled. Now that she's the champion, she probably gets more money. She can afford a better camp. She can afford a better trading regiment. And she's just a smarter fighter now. So it's still an uphill battle, but you see the avenue for Pennington, right? You can see her, the tide turning where Nunez gets a little tired. Pennington finally gets the takedown in the third or fourth round and the tide shifts. But at this point, you know, I won't be surprised if Pennington wins, like according to the lines, but it's hard to pick against Nunez. She's a very deserved champion at this point. Mike and I are going to be negotiating one of us opening a Bovada account between now and Saturday. Um, Mike, you have enough to pick her or not? Right now? Oh, you're muted, Mike. Or your shit's broke. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. At the very least, when I do my DraftKings lineups this weekend, I'll probably be featuring a lot of Raquel Pennington in them. But in my picks where I'm not betting money, I'm going to pick Amanda Nunes. Uh, this is a long time to be laid off uh, for a lot of the reasons that Bobby said. She's going into a hostile environment. Uh, five rounds isn't easy. I know Nunes has had problems with gas in the, her gas tank in the past, but she seems to have remedied some of that in her last fight. 
This is going to be, I think, a pretty uphill battle for uh, for Pennington. She has a way to win, but Nunez has better ways to win. Yeah, Steph, I really thought you nailed it on the head when you said, like, you can see how Pennington wins this. It's hard, but you can see how it would happen. Uh, Marcus, clean sweep? Uh, yeah, and I think you guys did a really good job breaking it down. I mean, really, for me, when it came down just to picking one, it was just... Uh, Amanda has just fought, I think, the higher caliber of fighters throughout. And that's not to say uh, Raquel's been getting easy fights. She's fought some tough girls, too, and has some good scalps on her uh, record as well. But, yeah, I, for all of the reasons you said, I think Amanda's just gotten better. She's gotten smarter with managing her stamina. Um, and I think just skill-wise, she's a little bit stronger. But, but at the same time, yeah, I totally agree. Like, this line's kind of insane. I don't think she's nearly that big of a favorite. And I wouldn't be surprised it, if the scenario that Steph played out, like, in the fourth and fifth round, we don't see uh, uh, Raquel kind of push it on and maybe make a run to get a decision win and maybe even pulls off something like that, right? I could very well see a scenario where they both win two rounds and there's some kind of round that's, you know, kind of a coin toss and, Raquel might get that, you know, who knows. But, uh, but yeah, I, it, overall, at the end of the day, really what it's all about is, like, this is a really competitive, fun fight in the women's division, which is really cool because we just came off one with Valentino. That was a really good fight with Amanda. We saw her grow in that fight. And she'll need to grow and get better in this fight, too, if she's going to maintain the championship. So, uh, just good stuff. Really excited. Yeah. Um, like we all were just like, that line's nuts, but Amanda Nunes has been a killer. It's really what it comes down to. Um, co-main event, um, Jacare Souza, Kelvin Gastelum, uh, Mike, you got the picks, by the way, you're keeping track of these, right? I'm keeping track. Right on. All right. Uh, Jacare Souza, we last saw him fight, uh, Derek Brunson, where he kicked him upside his fucking head and knocked him out. Um, that was back in January, um, uh, rebounding from his loss to Robert Whitaker there. Kelvin Gastelum, we last saw him, um, Knockout Michael Bisping, who'd been knocked out two weeks before, um, which really didn't help us at all. Um, this fight's going on at 185 pounds. Jacare's in this one as the favorite, minus 150. Kelvin Gastelum, plus 130. Jacare's getting hair plugs. Just want to point that out because that picture made me laugh. Um, I'm going to lead this off with Marcus here. What do you think, man? This is probably the toughest fight on this card to pick. Yeah, this is another tough one. Um, I, I am I'm going with Jacare. Uh, I it, it, it's just tough because I think the stand up is going to be really important, and I don't feel like either of these guys are like super great in the stand up, but they're really good. Like both these guys have you know stand up knockouts. You know they they do have the skills there, and but none of them are like I don't know like like I went to like top of the class strikers. They're mostly grapplers. And then in that regard, it's kind of like, can Souza get Gaslam down? Seems like a tough task. Um, and if it's standing, I guess I like Souza a little bit more. I think he has a little heavier hands. Um, he uses his feet with kicks more frequently than other people. So at the end of the day, another really tough fight to pick. Um, I'm going with Souza, but kind of a coin coin toss, right? So uh, yeah, that's how I see it. Mike. Uh, Bobby, can you... Just do one thing for me. Can you hit me with some of the uh, your shakare that you used to do? Shakare. Ah, that's the stuff. That's the heroin right there. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick Jacare. Um, I think the old man still got it to uh, to get one more victory out. Um, he looked really impressive against Brunson with his. Uh, I think it was a head kick. Was it? 
from what I remember. Yep. Was a head kick. Right uh, off that head. I think he'll be able to get Gassim down. I know Gassim has a really good uh, takedown defense, but I think that he'll likely be very committed to getting it to the ground. And obviously, as we all know, if it gets to the ground, it's probably going to be a pretty short night for, for Gasolum. So I'm banking on that Jacare can actually get it to the ground. So I hope that uh, the old man still gets the, the W. Stefan, what do you think, brother? We've all been pretty boring in uniforms so far, so uh, let me be the first one to make it interesting. Um, the thing that I don't like about making this pick is that this card is in Brazil, and we know how much that hometown cooking can uh, come to play in Brazilian crowds and judging, but I'm kind of banking on it not going to a decision, but I'm going to take Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, why I like it is I don't think Jacare is done, but he is getting older, right? The when the end comes, it's going to come suddenly at that age, you know? And what I like about Gastelum is at his best, he's got really sharp, fast hands. And the thing about Souza's striking is he still is the type to wing hooks. So that's kind of how Whitaker caught him. He got him with sharp, tight, you know, ones, twos, uppercuts. Again, Whitaker is a different level of hands than Gastelum. But as I said, at his best, Gastelum has nights tight Chris boxing. So he he's wanted a title shot. He was upset that he wasn't his name wasn't in the mix when uh Whitaker got hurt. He didn't like not being considered a part of it coming off of his win over Bisping. So if he really wants to be in that title picture, winning decisively over Souza, that's what launched Whitaker into the stratosphere. So if Kelvin really is serious about being in that conversation himself, this is the win to take. So I like him to silence the crowd. Um, it's 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 a close it's a close betting line for a reason. Closest on the card as far in terms of what we're picking. So, um, go America in this one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm agree with you, Steph. Um, I was gonna Gastelum either way. Um, I don't like picking Kelvin Gastelum fights because I feel I'm really going with a lot of variables that have nothing to do with the fight. You know, as long as some weird shit going on. Um, but yeah, I think. I also, I had to think about what the fuck's going on in this weight class. Like, I'm like, who's Bobby Knuckles going to fight? Oh, yeah, he's going to fight uh, Romero, right? That didn't happen again, did it? Or are we still planning for that? I Somebody think help me it's out. still in the works. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it in a while, though. But This thing's a fucking mess. Um, did someone get hurt again? I wasn't, we Bobby Knuckles hurt, wasn't Bobby Knuckles hurt, and then Romero showed up like four pounds over against Rockhold? Oh, not four pounds. That's he showed right. up overweight against Rockhold. He missed weight. He made out with Rockhold. And Whitaker had some staph infection. That's what that ugly. Mess yeah, was. it was a whole thing. And they were in Australia too. It was a little bit rough for Whitaker. Um, yeah, I I want to see Whitaker fight uh, Calvin Gastelum in general. That just seems like a good time for everybody. And I'm pretty confident anybody here is going to pick Whitaker to beat Romero again, given the one sidedness of their first matchup. But yeah, I I got Calvin Cast Calvin Gastelum. People get old eventually, man. Um, and uh, Gastelum's hands are fast. And at this weight class, I think. Weidman was able to give him a lot of trouble just based on size, which worries me a little bit because Jacare is a little bit bigger than him. But he's looked, he's got really fast hands. And I think he can put him away. So, yeah, we're going to split that one. Um, All right, also on this card, uh, we're Mackenzie Dern's fighting Amanda Cooper. None of us, are, we're not picking this fight because we probably are all going to pick a Mackenzie Dern anyway. I don't think I necessarily should have to pay to watch her fight. But we'll see where she's at, I guess. Mike, did you want to say anything about Amanda Cooper? Uh, not really. Since we're not picking her, 
before the show, Mike gives us all this shit about we're not picking this fight because of all the Amanda Cooper research he did. And now nothing. You didn't watch shit. I did, but the research is really just she's not that great on the ground. She's going to be she would be a much better uh, stand-up person than Mackenzie Dern and if Mackenzie Dern couldn't get it to the ground, she's probably going to get fucked up. That's fair. Um John Lineker, Brian so Kelleher. Did, so I did that in my lunch hour. John Lineker, Brian Kelleher, uh John Lineker, mm, 5 foot 2 fucking hands of stone, dude just throwing bricks out there. Uh, last time we saw him, he beat uh, Marlon Vera, October 2017. It's been a minute since we've seen this guy. Uh, Brian Kelleher um, picked up the biggest win of his career, beating Henan Barrow back in uh, February. Uh, he's also in the. He's uh, if you want to do some MMA math, he lost to Marlon Vera, who John Lineker beat the shit out of. Um, we got Lineker coming into this one as a minus 245 favorite. Brian Kelleher plus 205. I'm picking John Lineker. I like watching John Lineker fight because it's very simple. Let me try to corner this dude against the cage and just start unleashing hooks galore like I'm fucking Mike Tyson. So, yeah, I'm, I want to see that. Brian Kelleher's a good fighter and all, but uh, doesn't uh, – I don't, I don't know if he can – I don't know if he's got the fight IQ to do like what TJ Dillashaw did, which is work out of those positions and such. 19-8 uh, fighter, a lot of losses. Seems like a fight for John Lineker to knock a guy out. So that's what I got. Mike? Brian Kelleher looked good in the fights that I saw on him, but he didn't look good enough to not get knocked out by Lineker. Stefan? I already took my bet against the hometown Brazilian on this card, so I'm sticking with Lineker. But to make it interesting, I will also add in the caveat, he is initially going to miss weight. He will need that extra time to cut that pound, and he will just, by the like weight of his trunks that he's going to have to drop, he will just barely make that allowance. This dude missed weight at 135, too. It was amazing. Yeah, it could happen. Mark, clean sweep? Uh, yeah. Uh, Brian does have a lot of momentum, and obviously if he rides that and gets a big win here over Lineker, you know, we're going to be putting Brian you know, ranked – in high regards if he gets those two guys out of there um, in a row. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't see it. I, I think Lenniker is just the stronger puncher. He'll probably get it done by knockout, you know, within the first or second, I think. All right. Uh, opening this card, Curtain Jerkin, the main card. Um, Leoto, the Dragon Machida. Vitor, the Phenom Beltor. Belfort, Beltor, Belfort. Um, a fight that we thought was going to happen like seven times. And now it's happening. Um, Vitor is coming into this fight after beating Nate Marquardt. I don't even remember that shit happening. Um, Machida came back from his suspension to go out. And he went out there. And uh, he beat Eric Anders with a split. And also, uh, before that, uh, got knocked out by Derek Brunson. We got old man Machida, age 39 years old. We got old man Vitor Belfort, age uh, 41. This is what we like to call the Bellator portion of this card because this would be a main event, no question, on Bellator. Um, in this case, we're just kind of hoping everybody goes home and nobody gets hurt too badly. Uh, Vitor is a big underdog, right, Steph? It's minus 270 Leota Machida and plus 230 Vitor Belfort. Um, I think anything could happen in this one. I'm going to take Machida. Um, a lot of this is I don't like Vitor Belfort. 
and it would make me happy for him to lose. Also, I think he's going to lose. Stefan? <laughs> um, I'm also going with Lyoto in this. You know, they're both a little... You said shopworn earlier. Now, here's two guys who certainly are. Uh, Lyoto surprised me in the Anders fight. I, I kind of expected him to get smoked by this athletic younger dude, and it didn't quite happen. Um, I think his, his distance measuring is still there. His timing just isn't what it used to be. And Vitor, we know he was fueled by TRT. So unless he's found a new way to cheat, it's it's tough to see him be that explosive. He, and he's just not sharp anymore. Very few fighters at age 41 are. Um, I'm just curious to see who do you think is the more popular fighter in Brazil? Vitor. Think it's going to be that clear? Leoto is pretty close. beloved, though. Yeah, but I mean, remember like Anderson, they said and nobody knew who Anderson was really even in Brazil until he kicked Vitor's face off. Like, Vitor's a big deal. Fair enough. And his wife, isn't his wife super famous too? Doesn't that thing? She was yeah, a she, model, and we forever have that she, gif of uh, the foot fetish in the bathtub. I think she was on like a soap opera or something too. Like, that's why I think, and I think that's why he's so popular. There's like crossover appeal for him, so. Yeah. Uh, Mark, who do you got here? Yeah, I got Lyoto too. Um, it, it's always, t I, I think the same takeaways from Belford now are the same ones we had like five years ago. I think in the first 90 seconds, dude's really dangerous. He tends to clip people early um, and sometimes can finish them. But recently that hasn't really been his MO. Um, I think Lyoto, you know, stylistically just has a lot of different advantages over Belford. But the age is such a big factor in this. And uh just how much damage these guys have taken that I, I think it's 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 a matchup for anyone to take. You know, it's just who's going to seize on the moment, who's going to land that first big strike and finish it, because I feel like that's what it's going to be. One of these guys is going to land one strike. The other one is not going to be able to recuperate quick enough to, uh, you know, survive and maintain the fight. So whoever lands that first punch or kick or big takedown slam, whatever it is that causes a lot of damage, that person's going to win, I think. Mike? I've had no faith in beats her belt for it since they you know stopped allowing crt so i'm going with machida man like 2009 machida versus trt vitor would have been a fun fight that would have been a fun match frankly i think frankly i think 2009 vitor against like godzilla would be a pick em fight <laughs> dude i remember when he kicked uh bisping and v and rockhold's heads off i remember that was just whew. Just rough. I mean, he made me never TRT able to look Vitor. at Michael Bisping again. Like, I can't look at Michael Bisping at the desk. Like, I always want them to hit that camera angle from the side with him. Like, don't go, <laughs> don't go straight on with Michael Bisping. It makes me uncomfortable. There was that rumor. TRT like, Michael... Vitor was he was like the closest thing to what the Super Soldier Serum would actually be. That's fair. Um, there was that rumor this weekend because Michael Bisping's trying to get a retirement fight together and be done with this shit. Just move on with his life. And he initially said he doesn't want to fight at 185. He'd rather fight at 205 because fuck it, he's old. Let's not cut weight. Um, but then someone said, what do you think about Nick Diaz? And he said it'd be an absolute honor to fight Nick Diaz. And Nick Diaz and Diaz brothers are a dying breed. And all the stuff we've been saying for years. I'd fucking love that fight. I think Nick Diaz versus Michael Bisping would be a wonderful, wonderful fight. I think just the way they'd match up would be so great. Bisping's kind of big, though. But he's it just been too fun, big it'd be fun to watch. Him. It's yeah. not. A, it's not really a natural matchup. Well, Nick was like, "What did he fight? He fought Anderson at eighty-five, but that's not Nick at his best." So yeah, and Bisping's a big dude. Like but then again, one. Nick thinks he could beat GSP in his head, and GSP whomped Bisping. So let's do some uh, mental MMA math. It could happen. Yeah, I just think it would be I mean, for Nick to come back. I think that's a good matchup, just because 
Doesn't fuck with anything. Also, you know, we have to put him in like a weird title fight. I'd like to see him fight at 205 and walk out and weigh in with baggy jeans and like a big hoodie on. <laughs> a wallet chain <laughs> weighs like two pounds. He's got, <laughs> he's got like on him and a blunt. Got five vape pens in his pocket. You know, we gotta we gotta get that weight. Where, where was that shit where glass where, long in it? Where King Bo, King Bo, uh, King Bo, uh, King Bo, Kimbo was boxing, and they said the guy he fought put on twenty pounds worth of ankle weights at the weigh-ins to make it look like he weighed more than he did. And I was like, that is, that's such a bad idea. How did they let that happen? <laughs> um, all right, let's do, um, let's do memoirs of a fight fan, actually. Um, whose idea was this? Was this yours, Marcus? Indeed. I'm going to let Stefan go first because I'm just going to co-sign to what Stefan's about to say here because we're going with what is your favorite MMA promotion of all time, right? Yes, that that is the very unoriginal <laughs> idea I could come up with. Yeah, that was. This is not a, I was like, all right, let's, let's roll. With this. this might be a quick one, folks. Step on what you it, got. It's really, just in my wheelhouse. Like, this is the shit I'm all about. Yeah, uh, what do you got, I actually it wasn't uh, that didn't immediately jump into my head, but then Bobby kind of put it out there for me to grab the reins of, and I'm like, yeah, he's probably right. I, I don't have any problem arguing that. Um, and let's be honest, uh, I am way too cool of a hipster to ever say the UFC. Why the hell would I say the UFC is my favorite? Just because they've been the king of the sport for so long? Hell no. It is all about the WEC. Give me those blue gloves, that that tiny cage. The WEC was just action-packed. Um, when I think back on it, I feel like, you know, you guys have mentioned pro wrestling so much lately. It kind of was the NXT to the UFC's WWE. They just put on a tighter production. The smaller cage made for more action-packed fights. There's less room to run around. Guys are just kind of in each other's faces. And at that time, it was what? was Lightweight was there, right? It was lightweight to uh, bantamweight, I believe. And they had, they had, there was no flyweight, you're right. So yeah, bantamweight. And when you look at once those divisions were integrated, they are just littered with action fighters. Your Uriah Favors, your, uh, you know, uh, Donald Cerrone, Benson Henderson, when he couldn't get a finish, but he was still exciting. We got the Anthony Pettis Showtime kick, the wall cage kick. One of the highlight to end all MMA highlights came from this. You know, the WEC was just exciting. It gave us Korean zombie, you know, Mark Hominick, who... He was like a cyborg himself. There's those fights. I think uh, who was he that he fought? Was it Njokuani? I think Njokuani might be, have been a lightweight. But there was a fight where he got like knocked back, like straight back, like he was shot in the head. And he got straight up like he was the Undertaker. And it happened like three times in that fight. The WEC was just exciting. It was exciting. It gave us Jose Aldo, who, you know, career record is still the greatest featherweight of all time could be surpassed by some people down the road. We got some real talented people coming, but this was the one that showed these lightweight guys, you know, everyone loves a heavyweight fight because it's just that the mass appeal, but this is where we got to see that the most skilled fighters in the world are like lightweight and down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I told you when I'm like, I was just like, I'm let Stefan argue for the WC so I can co-sign it. Um, Hey, man, one of the only Blu-rays I don't regret buying was the best of the WEC. I mean, fucking Torres. Miguel Torres was so good. Like, I feel of all the guys, Steph, don't you feel Miguel Torres, like, it happened too late? Yeah. Like, he, he was like 45-2 and two or something. It was he, insane. He was just ahead of his time. He, he could have been such a star 
with a bigger platform. And hell, I forgot to mention DJ. DJ was their wrecking shop in uh, WEC. And look at him now. He's possibly the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's where Uriah Faber became Uriah Faber. He strapped that promotion to his back in terms of like people giving a shit. But I mean, there was literally a point. When, when Miguel Torres was 37 and 1 before he lost his belt, which it's fucking nuts. That was that was the one, and you know, so many good things came out of WEC. So yeah, I'm I'm co-signing with Stefan that uh, WEC was was my favorite promotion. Um, I'm gonna go to Mark here. He can wave the Pride Never well, Die flag. Well, <laughs> Mark's probably gonna have the the best answer. Some, so I think he should go last. No, I'm down with that. Yeah, Mike, go All ahead. Right, let's go, Mike. Mike, I didn't I, I didn't know what you had. I didn't know you. I didn't. I don't know what you're going with. So yeah, let's go to you first. Well, you know, um, I had to think about this one for a bit, and I wanted to ask. So, um, does it could it be like something that's just had a few tournaments in it, um, like affiliated yeah. tournaments? Yeah, any any organization couldn't have lasted. It doesn't have to last long. Even even like a time period, if, as we did, as Mark discussed, I think it was like even if you thought the UFC would as best was like. 2012 UFC or something. Oh, you know, okay. All right. Well, you know, this one, um, it's only had a, a four tournaments and it's actually been going on for about 30 years. So, you know, the tournaments have been actually spaced out uh, pretty well. Um, it's an organization where they basically allowed anything. There were no restrictions. Uh, weapons were allowed. Firearms were allowed. Uh, it didn't matter what fighting style it was. Uh, the winner was decided only by knockout. There was no submissions. There were some timeouts, but normally it was just a matter of how much damage the other person had done to the other. Um, so it's gone by a few names. The first name was the World Fighting Championship. Um, some people called it the World Warrior Tournament. You know, but other people called it the Street Fighter Tournament. Um, you know, it's had a few winners. Uh, some Japanese man named Ryu was uh, the initial winner uh, of it back in the uh, in the eighties. Uh, the second tournament, you know, they had a uh, just so many new people come in on that second one. Um, there was no real clear winner for that one. Uh, the third one, the third tournament was a little disappointing. No one really liked it, and uh, you know, the fourth one they had a uh, it had some some good fighters you know some new guy named alex actually came in and won the whole thing which was really surprising um you know so i think by far best organization of mma that i've ever seen i don't think mark you mark you know how like different shows have like you know best ofs or they do a clip show when like they're gonna be off for a week i think we need to pencil in what just happened <laughs> Our clip show. Stefan missed out. Missed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't think anyone ever used a gun in Street Fighter. I just want to point that out. I was going to say, who had a gun? I was just a gun. They're definitely shooting shit. They're shooting Hadoukens and shit. But no, I don't think anyone ever used a gun. I'm thinking hard. I'm They've had right. a lot of characters. And I was real interested to see, like, okay, obviously, canonically... Ryu wins the first Street Fighter. He beats Sagat. He gives him the scar. And I was like, there's no real canon on who wins the other tournament. So I was like, interested where Mike was well, going to go. I, I, went, I went to Wikipedia, and they Is have Alex that uh, Alex won in Street Fighter 4. What? No, 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 no. Not Street Fighter 4. He wasn't even hey. in Street Fighter 4. Hey, oh, go hey, to that wiki. You need to clear some things up. 
<laughs> you need to fix that right now. Alex was not in four. He was in a three. New generation. He was the new main guy. Mike, I swear to God, I was it's sitting the, there before even before even ta- you started. I'm just like, Mike's gonna start talking about the Kumite or something. That's that's what I, we're about I to get. Thought I thought it was Kumite. I'm like, I'm like, he's gonna bring up that character from Boondocks too about how the the killer kung fu wolf bitch won one year. Like I was waiting for that. But I was also <laughs> that, like, they don't allow guns in the Kumite either. So I don't know where he's going with this. At, at what point did you guys realize I was talking about Street Fighter? Oh, I think when you it s- took. I think when you said I think when you said there was like four of them over thirty years, I'm like, for a second, I'm like, is it no, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? What are we talking about here? <laughs> I think it was when you mentioned Ryu, because even when you said the World Fighting Champions, I'm like WFC. I don't remember. <laughs> Good. I immediately knew it was some fake shit, though. I mean, I, I went in thinking Mike's gonna talk about the Kumite, or he's gonna talk about Enter the I Dragon, mean, or some shit like that. I mean, I mean, for me, the preeminent organization since I've. Watching been been watching MMA has just been UFC. So I wasn't gonna say Fair UFC. Enough. That's boring. Fair enough. Good pick. Good pull. And it keeps in tradition, right? It keeps in this long-standing tradition we have with memoirs, where Mike gives an answer that does not really fall into the criteria of what we're talking about, but is extremely fun nonetheless. So we let him get away with it. We let him slide. <laughs> that was that made me so happy. Thank you, Mike. That was that was great. Um. All right, um, let's do uh, stuff we like. Oh, Get out of here. Whoa, whoa. Uh, hey, hey, hey. I forgot about Mark. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Thing. Well, I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna I, wax I, up. for a second for a bunch of shit that no one knows about or cares about. All right, let's go, Mark. Let's I talk mean, about yeah, Pride or well, yeah, the other one. Obvious, obvious choice is Pride. But, you know, I, like Steph, like uh, maybe it was Mike. Who, who said, like, they're going to be the hipster? Like, I, I'm too MMA hipster to go with. Just to go with pride is just too mainstream. Oh, it's, I know where we're going then. Go ahead. I don't even know if you know where we're going. Because um, this shares a lot of similarities with the stuff that Stefan was saying about lighter weight classes. But this was even older. And uh, people in the know when uh, MMA was really getting its uh, its feet on the ground and, and really getting kind of a push. Uh, Shuto in Japan was the shit especially for the lighter weight classes. And back in the day when I was kind of first getting into MMA during the pride days, like if you followed Shuto, you were fucking hardcore because that's where all the big lightweight talent from Japan was coming out of. And the fights were just fantastic. It's where we saw a lot of evolution of the sport happening that a lot of people weren't aware of. Um, you look at guys like uh, Rumino Sato with his flying arm bar. You look at guys like Hayato Sakurai, who had big fights. You know, his fight with Frank Trigg was legendary. His loss against Anderson Silva. I think that's really for me when Anderson Silva, when I knew he was hot shit, even before he came in pride, I saw him fight uh, Sakurai and uh, Shuto to get that. I think it was like their middleweight belt. And that was fucking fantastic. You had stars like Takanori Gomi came out of there. uh, Kawajiri came out of there. And it was just, it was just, it was just a fun, cool organization. I kind of relegated to that, era is kind of like wec you know if you were a hardcore fan and you were looking for the 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 best funnest fights that's really where you got a lot of your uh your action from and and, and there's a lot of other organizations in that time period that i was a really big fan of and this was just a time for me where i couldn't consume enough mma and there and, and back then the internet was you know just in its developing stages it was you couldn't stream video so anything I had to watch were highlight videos that took hours to download. So it was tough to get footage. But, you know, other organizations that, you know, left a big imprint in me. Obviously, I talk about Pancrase all the time. That, for me, is really the grandfather of MMA, even before UFC. 
you had Pancrase. And then uh, other big organizations like Rings had just before Pride was doing their big tournaments, Ring was just fucking killing it with with big stars. I'm talking Dan Henderson, Gilbert Ivel, Fedor Emelianenko, Ricardo Arona. I mean, guys that really, I mean, basically uh, Rings fed into Pride and a lot of the toughest, you know, baddest dudes there came from Rings. And also, I loved Rings. They had, like, the weirdest fucking announcer who elongated the last syllable of every word. That was really fun to watch. Um, and then, you know, IVC stuff happening in, in Brazil back in the day was really cool. So, I mean, this was an easy uh, topic for me to just talk about all the old shit I love. And just to give a little, I guess, a little story, just a little color. Like I saying, like, this shit was so hard to find back in the day. You couldn't, you couldn't find it anywhere. And one of the places that's still around today... There is in a little encove in San Francisco, there's a little place called Japantown. It's really just a mall split in two. And one of the shops there was a video rental store. And I remember just when I was getting into MMA, I went in there and they have sections where you can buy shit. And they had some great, you know, they had early pride VHSs I bought there. But then they had a section where you could rent shit. And they had the Mecca. I mean, as a little kid, this was a treasure trove. When I walked into this little kind of corner, they had every rings every pancreas every ivc it was it was basically every mixed martial arts event was taped and they had it there and i remember thinking as a kid like i don't know how i could rent shit from them but they have so much good stuff here. like i have to it was it was unfathomable for me to, to, that one place would have this much mma content that i've never seen before I, i'm looking at boxes with semi shilton and Pancrase and Sato and Shuto and all these events. And I'm like, fuck, I've never seen this much. I didn't know they recorded all this shit. Um, so that was just like finding the holy grail. And and sadly, that place kind of, uh, I mean, the video store is still there. I don't know what it's called, but it's still in the same location. But they're, uh, most of their, their tapes back then, I mean, DVD really wasn't a thing. It was all VHSs. And over the years, they've slowly sold a lot of their stock. And and I own some of it. You know, I, I bought their, I think it was the, the, King of Rings 1999 tournament where Dan Henderson won. I, I bought all the tapes off of them. And uh, yeah, just I, I love, you know, I, I pine for the old days. And I think a lot of that stuff might be hard to watch in today's climate of MMA where the skill sets have just gotten so much better. The the stuff we're seeing in the UFC now is just a completely different caliber of what we had back in the uh, late 90s. But it was just a time that I was just completely developed in that stuff. And it was just cool to see all these other organizations and all these guys I never heard of just, uh, you know, just elevating the sport to new levels that I wasn't aware of. So yeah, that's me. That's the shit I liked, you know, always love Shuto. One of my favorites and Pancrase rings. Love it. I mean, just as an example of Mark's taste to people out there, if you ever watch a stream of people play like the UFC video games, it's just a kickboxing game. They're all just punching and kicking and going for highlights, highlight knockout KO. Reel. Mark is the type of guy who will willingly clinch a guy against the fence to get that unanimous decision. He'll try to throw no punches in a match if he can. Yeah, if this is this is Mark's MMA taste. When, when, when I play UFC, when I get good at it, I'm not just playing a game, I'm role-playing. So you're damn right. If I'm going to be Dan Severin, he's not knocking people down. I'm controlling the clinch. I'm getting you down on the ground. I'm bear-hugging you. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the shit I, I love. I love the... Uh, those old school uh, MMA organizations. And a lot of them were in Japan. And that's why you had to go to Japantown to get all the good shit because the Japanese were on it back then, you know, and we were slowly to uh, to catch on. So, Right on. All right. Um, let's do stuff we like. Um, I'll go first real quick. I like the ESPN announcer, ESPN commentator 
calling Toronto LeBronto because it was so harsh. But Jesus Christ, he he owns those motherfuckers. Um, if you're not a basketball fan, just ignore this last thirty. I mean, seconds, I've seen yeah. stuff like uh, someone said that Toronto or Canada should consider building a wall to keep LeBron out. Like, yeah, it's he's take he took their soul. It's happening. You know what? By the time you guys wake up tomorrow, the Cavs will have put them away in a sweep because they're up twenty seven at the end of the third quarter here, which amazing one man team. Um, yeah, well, actual Sam, stuff Sam I like is uh, finishing up the job right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Mark talked about it. Uh, I want to say last week you talked about it, Marcus. Probably. Yeah, came out on Friday. Um, I we did a quick. Got to mention mm-hmm. it's out there because it didn't get a lot of love on Wii U, and it's a fantastic game. So yeah, I uh, I bought it uh, for the Switch. I play the shit out of it. Um, I'm on like World Six. I think there's only like eight or seven worlds. Um, I'm terrible at video games at this point. And God bless the creation of Funky Kong, which is Donkey Kong. It's a Donkey Kong character you play with if you suck at video games. He just gives you a little help, man. He floats a little longer, you know. The spikes don't hurt him as much. <laughs> yeah, um, it's awesome, though, man. I love Donkey Kong. It's, Nintendo is killing it with, like, hitting all my nostalgia points, man. They're doing excellent at that. So, a Donkey Kong game made me fucking happy as hell. Mario Kart made me happy as hell. Mario Odyssey made me happy as hell. Keep that hot streak going. I needed a new game. Um, there's all these... I didn't know there was power-ups in Donkey Kong. Maybe there was when we were kids. I just didn't know how it worked. But, like, you can buy, like, different balloons. And there's different, like, things mm-hmm. you can use. I think to... that shit's mostly new. Yeah. So, all that yeah. stuff. Because I wouldn't beat any of these levels without all that shit. Um... And, hey, man, a gorilla riding a rhino has been fun since I was 10 years old. And those are my favorite levels. So that's that's still the thing. It's awesome. I, I recommend you all get it. Mark has played it, too. It's great. It's Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's, it's Donkey Kong no surprise. You know, it's you're not going to think, you're not going to think, like, oh, what is this weird shit? Have you played Donkey Kong before? There we go. Donkey Kong. I loved it, though. Great game. Uh, Marcus, what do you got this week? Uh, yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, the first one I was going to mention a couple weeks ago because I thought it came out, but I guess it only came out digitally. And then this week it's coming out on retail, so I'll actually buy it. Um, I've been keeping tabs on Batman Ninja for a while. This is a DC animated film um, that they basically went to, you know, some of the screenwriters and anime heads in Japan. were like, do you want to do a Batman movie? And they're like, yeah, that'd be really fun. Um, And from everything I've heard, it sounds fantastic. Um, I just started looking up reviews, and I guess it's kind of all over the place. There's like on Rotten Tomato, one guy gave it a three out of 10 another guy gave it a three out of five there's a seven out of ten so they're kind of middling and then ign which is the first review i saw of it gave it a 9.7 out of 10 so um it's just something i i I think the concept itself is really cool and i think it plays a lot better if one you realize that this isn't this isn't american studio trying to take a stab at like an anime Batman. This is people from Japan being like, this is how we want to interpret Batman coming into feudal Japan. And I guess like, you know, the storyline is basically Batman gets transported into feudal Japan um, along with the Joker and all the other DC villains. And basically they all kind of take over territories of Japan and they're kind of warring and stuff. And that's pretty much all I know. And, And from what I've seen, the animation looks great. And I'm just really excited. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really give my you know consensus of it's good or worthy of your time but i'm just excited for it and uh next weekend i'll see it and i'll let you guys know if it's worth your time or not um and then i also wanted to mention 
I uh, randomly just saw it on YouTube late Saturday, and I showed it to all you guys because I know we're all big Daniel Glover fans, but his uh, new single music video, This Is America, came out. And personally, I fucking love it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it just, you know, just reconfirms what I think about Donald Glover is that I consider him to be a national treasure. Like this dude is making the world better for all of us with the stuff he's doing. Dude, I, I watched I watched that music video three straight times the first time yeah, I saw it. I watched it a bunch of times. Oh, and uh, Steph, did you watch it? Because I, there's a little cameo that I think only you would be able to recognize because I don't think uh, Bob and Mike watched the React channel. Uh, I mean, we're just going to transition right into this because uh, that was going to be my stuff I like this week. Uh, our man, I, I refer to him as my hetero life mate, Donald Glover. He's having himself a moment, um, you know, with Atlanta still being, I'll come back to your point, Mark, but with Atlanta still being like critically acclaimed, uh, I think Solo is trending really well with early ticket sales and he's going to be young Lando. I love the fact that Saturday night he got to both host and be the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. I barely ever care to check it out but i was willing to just because of that fact and then like mark said he dropped this new single new video and it's new album i guess you can like stream it right now um genius time you know when was he going to be more of the headlines than pulling wait, wait, wait. There's, there's, there's an album when the hell did that happen is it not an album is the, it just a single i don't know i just i just put out he put out the two songs right this is america and um what's the other one called tuesday Right? Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, Sunday, are, uh, Saturday. I don't know. What, what are these? These on? are singles off his uh, last album, as Childish Gambino. Which we don't know when that's coming, but we do know he's going on tour soon. So, good thing I already got my tickets. But yeah, the video is great. Um, I feel like we could dedicate a segment where we just discussed what that video means and everything, all the messages in it. Um, to the cameo, you said, uh, give me a hint because there's a couple cameos in there. I know SZA is sitting on oh, the car. The, the, the hint is it's a kid from the React channel. <laughs> so uh, I have a feeling you probably didn't see it, but go back and see it. Uh, one of the kids on the React channel, he's one of the the, the quote-unquote teens. He's the uh, African-American kid with the shaved head. He's usually very energetic. Oh, is he, does he have a – he's dancing? He's, he's – you know, like they have like the, the, the kids in like the school uniform? Yeah, I know exactly which he's, kid you're talking yeah, about too. Yeah, and, and you can tell it's him because – Dude has the biggest smile on his face. He couldn't be fucking happier to be there. And I'm like, is that the fucking React kid? I, t I showed Christine and she's like, it's probably him. I don't know. And I was like, that's so cool. He's so good at dancing. Let me let kid go. But yeah, that music video was just fantastic. And I mean, the message that it, it sends about kind of du the duality of, you know, African-American culture in the States, I think is really poignant and is really of the times. And I mean, he just does such a great job, not in just his lyrics, but in the musical composition of the piece and how it breaks tempo to kind of signify the duality uh, of it all. And I mean, dude, and I didn't know Duke could dance. Like he had some fucking moves, those, those little foot moves he was doing. And I liked, was it a callback to Michael Jackson when he got on the top of the car and started dancing? That's, that was, that was my first thing I thought. I was like, this is a little MJ Not necessarily. The majority of the styles of dance is mostly rooted in African dance specifically. Um, but someone pointed out is, uh, and I mean this in the most loving way, they said he's simultaneously a very good and very bad dancer all at the same time. And I, and I, I super just spot on agree with that. Like there's stuff that's sloppy, but at the same time you could tell he has a ton of rhythm and he gets it. But yeah, the, the video is fun, but uh, don't Killer let all that dancing too. stuff distract you to what's going on behind. Cause that's where the real shit's happening. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the song is really like, you know, this like, 
these two face of what are watch, watch the music video man it, it, just for the love of god people don't America, listen to the song it's fantastic you gotta watch the music video i, I saw it had 10 million video, views and it, it had 10 million views on sunday at like 1 p.m like and that shit came out saturday night in the middle of snl uh yeah I mean, speaking um, of Steph, react stuff, Mark, after I watched this video like 10 times, I then watched like watch eight people different reacting. people reacting to it. And like, you know, because once you start to know when the cues are in the video, yeah, you want to see what other people thought at that moment. And like that. Yeah, Mike, if you haven't seen anything about it, that's the first thing I recommend when this podcast podcast ends. You should also watch the episode of Atlanta about Teddy Perkins. Like, <laughs> just put that out there, too. If you haven't watched that. I, I got to finish watching season one. Shit. Oh, um, Steph, you got any more? Or should we go to Mike and? I, I mean, that's that's the big one, you know. Um, I guess I'll just chime in. I've set a new personal best. Uh, I have seen Avengers in the theater six times. That is a Holy new shit, personal okay. best. That is a lot. <laughs> it tops my Black Panther personal best of five times, and I've just had a lot Jeez, of people to see it with. I've just had a lot of different people to see this movie with. Apparently, should have consolidated Damn, those trips together. Son, like no yeah. matter how many times, no matter how much I like a movie, that's a lot of times to be watching an almost three-hour movie in ten days. It's a lot to take in. I, I enjoyed yeah. it more the second time, and I think it's one of those repeat reviewing viewings. I just enjoy it more and more. But great film. I mean, you you got Movie Pass? Are you paying all that money each time? I mean, it, it's technically Movie Pass. It technically only three times if you consider that I'm really good about going on like the cheap days and daytime matinees. So, okay. It's not that expensive if you know when to go. Not bad then. Um, all right. By the way, uh, before we go to Mike, a uh, nice transition. Black Panther comes out tomorrow on Blu-ray, digital, all that shit. You want to talk it. about our little back and forth anecdote? How uh, the porn sites have been hosting it? Yeah, they the mis- porn they sites categorized it. They miscategorized. Yeah, I saw they categorized Black Black Panthers on a porn site, and it was category was amateur, and I was like. You got a real opportunity to put this in the ebony category. <laughs> and the person really dropped the ball. Damn it. Um, Civil War was on there, too. It was an interesting day on the porn site. Um, Mike, what do you got this week? Or I'm imagining you want to tell us how much your, what your thoughts on Avengers were. Uh, no, I think you guys covered it pretty well last week. So I think I'll just leave that masterpiece um, on its own. But um, for me this week, actually something kind of sort of related to MMA. Uh, If you guys have access to YouTube Red, which I doubt any of you do, uh, there's... Oh, you do? Oh, good Bobby. You pay for Google Google Music, they give you YouTube Red. (laughs) Oh, then I highly recommend you get on there. And you watched the first season of Cobra Kai. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Really? <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Mike, come on, man. You watch a lot of bad no. shows. Be straight with me no, here, no, man. No, no, no. I'm, I am being straight with you. It is actually a very good show. Um, Johnny Lawrence was the biggest asshole in The Karate Kid. And they really fleshed out his character. He went from a one-dimensional 80s bad guy in The Karate Kid to a three-dimensional character that, you know, they give him a backstory. They give you some reasons as to why he was such a douche and, you know, how his life has gone since then. Um, It doesn't just feel like a uh, nostalgic money grab, even though it does have many nostalgic moments in it. It doesn't just feel like a nostalgic money grab for those who really love the Karate Kid. Uh, 
I can't believe I'm saying this in 2018, but Ralph Macchio is actually very good in it. Um, they make uh, throwbacks to Mr. Miyagi. Did they ever say Mr. Miyagi's whole name in The Karate Kid? Because if, if you didn't know it um, back in 1984, you find out what his first name is um, in this series. Um, I highly recommend the show. Um, just as just a regular show, not even if you just like uh, the Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, check it out. Yeah, I think the the thing that sucks the most about that is just the platform it's on, right? Because I remember on YouTube, I would see these trailers for Cobra Kai, and I thought it was a joke. Like I thought they were fake trailers. Like I'm not going to watch that. And then it wasn't until we're at work, and I think it was like our coworker Adriana was like, "Oh yeah, did you guys see that Cobra Kai trailer?" I was like, "Oh, that shit was real." And then I watched it, and I was like. And just watching the trailer, I was like, this actually looks kind of cool. Like, they're doing some interesting stuff. Like Mike said, it seems like the show, you know, uh, delivers on those things. And then I saw it was on YouTube, and I was like, fuck, I got to pay for that shit. I'm never going to watch it. I I, I don't want to spoil anything in the show, but where you might think they might be going just on some of the same narrative tropes that you'll see in a show, they flip it uh, on its head a bit, especially with uh, some of the main characters. Mike, I got a question. How long has there been a picture of Nate Diaz choking out Conor McGregor up on your wall? Since September 2016. What? what? <laughs> I need more details. When did you get that? What is that? We got it. Is it... I got it at the Vegas Fight Shop. Is it signed? No, but it's just an awesome picture of just Nate a cool Diaz. Oh, no. Okay. Honestly, I don't remember this at all. That's what I'm saying. By the way, you should, everybody should go to the Vegas Fight Shop. I was there a couple weeks ago, bought myself a Kenny Omega shirt. Did the usual you, uh, thing where I where I talked myself out of buying the Intercontinental title because I'm an adult. <laughs> you uh, don't want to comment on my uh, picture for me in the fourth grade that's right next to it? It's kind of messed up, Bobby. I don't know if we can I, see it. I couldn't tell if that was you or not. I was I wondering. I couldn't tell if it was you or your brother. You, you I mean, think I can I comment on your. Ran, I, I think I have random I could, dudes as boys up in my room. I said your brother. I don't know. Shirt yeah. hugging each other. Yeah, I was going to say. I you got bum ass Alan. There are two half naked men <laughs> You got bum ass Alan Houston's jersey up on the wall, man. So I might as well. You know, I thought that was Patrick Ewing. I don't know numbers or basketball well, but. No, no. It's, it's bum ass Alan Houston. If Alan Houston's knee hadn't given out on him. He would have been Steph Curry before what Steph Curry. What could have been? What could have been? The whole thing would have changed. Knicks would have won like four titles. Exactly. Dude was a good player. Real talk. Um, for all that shit went away. Um, all right. So we're gonna be back next week. Is there a UFC card next week, guys? I think there is. I, I want to say on, we we get back on the train and it keeps a chug chug chugging for the next couple weeks. Is this one? Is the next one any good? I don't Let's, think. So. Uh... But it, it, there's another. <laughs> It let's, was uh, let's take a look at the Ponzinibbio and Usman, but instead it's uh, old Damian Maya against a guy. Who oh, God, this is take down. Didn't the co main event get killed too in this thing? Oh, Usman's going to kill Damian Maya. This is Alexa Grasso's on. Yeah, this is terrible. This is real bad. Um, <laughs> This is real bad. They can't all be winners. I mean, they and should then the fall- all be winners, but they can't. Then the following week is going to be Darren Till and. Uh, Wonder Boy Thompson, which if this is on Fight Pass, I'm gonna have to get Fight Pass. That's not even a question, to be honest. I don't care what else is on that card. We got a bunch of random ass cards happening here, man. Yep. Mike, you gonna go to Utica for this uh for this card, Marlon Marais, Jimmy Rivera? 
You know I'm not. Where the fuck is Utica, actually? It's actually uh, kind of near Syracuse, man. Oh, that's too far away. It's like so a good four hours in the car? Uh, give or take, yeah. I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah, fuck that. I don't, don't want to go 45 minutes for this card. Don't worry, guys. We're like a month away from this Chicago card with uh, fake title fight Covington, Ados Anos, Whitaker, Romero, Overeem, Razor, Curtis Blades, Arlovsky, Ty Tuvasa, CM Punk, Mike Jackson, Holly Holm, Megan Anderson, Carter Lamas, Mursad Bektik, Joseph Benavidez, Sergio Pettis, Clay Guida, Car- Bobby Green, Claudio Gadelia, Carlos Spars. We couldn't put one Man, of these fucking fights you, on this thing. This shit? CM Punk is only a plus 175 underdog. Oh, oh man. <laughs> we got a parlay CM Punk and Raquel Pennington. All right, right now. Uh yeah, and um I I feel bad not mentioning this, but Junior Albini is on this card this weekend, which you remember as the man who wore his shorts like it was a fucking diaper. Oh no. So he's <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not diaper baby. I thought he was gone. Diaper baby is back, folks. Um All right, guys, thank you all for listening. As I mentioned, we'll be back next week to talk about a bunch of iffy-ass cards, man. We're being honest with ourselves. Things are real, real questionable for a few weeks there. Um, but until then, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, peace out. See ya.